Welcome. This is the Woodbury Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. We're glad that you tuned in, and if you'd like to know more about our church, you can find out all the information at woodburychurch.org. Or we'll see you some Sunday, Sundays at 10 a.m. Looking forward to it. All right, so I want to just give y'all an idea of what we talked about this weekend because I think that it's really awesome for the teens to know, but I think it's awesome for everybody to know as well. So I'm going to just get it kicked off by rereading the verse again. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So what's really funny, kind of, I think, like towards the beginning of this section, one of the things that's really funny is that this is coming from a section in Jesus' teaching, which is about relationships. He's speaking on relationships, yet at the very beginning of this section, Matthew 18, it starts off as like a debate. All the disciples are kind of like sitting there like, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who do you think the greatest is? Which one of us you think is going to be like the highest up in heaven? I think it's going to be me. You don't remember that time that I did this thing for Jesus, man? I'm better than you. So it's like this relationship. There's obviously this big relationship among the disciples, but it's almost starting off in this big debate. You know, we're talking about kids, and uh, one of the big things, you know, we were kind of talking about, but when you're a little kid, Debates are really funny, right? (laughs) Debates are really, really funny. You argue about a bunch of different really weird things that just really don't matter, okay? You know, like I remember being like, I can beat you in a race, or, you know, I can eat way more pizza than you. I can eat way more candy than you. But the funniest one to me is kids when they're younger and they're like, okay, but my dad can beat up your dad. My dad will beat up your dad. My dad will beat up your dad. My my dad's tougher than your dad. I used to hear that all the time when I was a little kid. And I hear little kids say it. And it's kind of become almost a big meme in the world. But, like, this kid comes up and he's like, you might be able to beat me, but my dad can beat up your dad. But that's kind of what's going on at, like, the start of this passage. Yet it's easy for us to kind of understand where they're coming from, this debate. They want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They want to be the closest one to God one day when they go. uh, Because this idea of the kingdom of heaven is this new thing. You know, sometimes I think that we read scripture, and a lot of us has been reading scripture for a while. We've been hearing a lot of sermons. And we just kind of like, that's normal language to us. We've heard it a thousand times from the time we were a little kid. But you have to understand, like, this is this new idea, the kingdom of God. And they're kind of hearing it from Jesus for the first time, right? So most likely, they don't really understand what's going on. And they're thinking that it's this literal great kingdom in heaven. 
And so if there's this literal great kingdom in heaven, then God is the king. And they're thinking, what good things can I do? How can I be the most loyal to Jesus? Any of those things so that I can be like a prince in heaven. So I can be like the head knight. I don't really know places in kingdom. I, I might need to refresh on my medieval history. But all these things, right? They wanted to make sure that their placement was great in the kingdom of heaven. These disciples were thinking that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven must be the strongest one. The one with the most knowledge. The one with the most courage. The one that's going to defend Jesus the best. The one who even like does the most good deeds, right? That's who they thought was going to be closest to Jesus in heaven one day. That's who they thought was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Yet Jesus answers how he often does. The exact opposite that they think. Very opposite of the world. Very opposite of the society that they were in. Because what Jesus says, we must become like little children. He doesn't say the toughest. He doesn't say the one that follows me the best. He doesn't say any of these things. The one who has the most knowledge, the one who spends the most time, da da da, does the most good things, any of those things. He says the greatest in the kingdom of heaven must become like a little child. You know, when I read this, and I just want to be really vulnerable for a minute. You know, when I was a little kid, I, I was raised as a preacher's kid. And I think that this verse kind of makes me kind of mad, if I'm being honest. Because I was at church every Sunday morning. I had to go to church on Sunday night when the Cowboys were playing. I had to go to church on Wednesday nights. I had to go to every baptism. I had to go to every potluck. I had to go to every single thing. I had to read my Bible before I went to bed. And you're telling me that I did all of those things. I tried to be a good person. I said no to a bunch of things. And you're telling me I did all of those things and I open up my Bible and I read it and it says, a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And if I want to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, I have to become like a child? Imagine how the disciples feel hearing that. I quit my job. I left my family. I don't have a place to lay my head down. Or some days we don't even get to eat. And you're telling me that a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I think that would make me pretty mad. I think that would make me really mad. But I think what Jesus is trying to say and communicate is that we have to change the way that we look at ourselves. We have to change the way that we think about ourselves. When we decide to walk with Jesus, run after him, get closer to him, I think that it shrinks the values of the world shrinks the values of the things that we think about ourselves and it replaces them 
with the values of the kingdom and the values of God renews our mind. And I think that that is one of the things that Jesus is saying is this renewal of our mind. You're asking who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's not about you. It's not about us. Greatest in the kingdom of heaven, it's not about us. It's about others. And most importantly, it's about Jesus Christ. You're nothing without him. We're like little babies. We're totally dependent on the good, good Father to take care of us. And when we start living our lives like that, it's different. It's a renewal of our mind. I think that that is what Jesus is telling us here about being like a child. We must, like Jesus, accept the inferior position because that's what he did when he came. He was born in a manger, died on a cross, didn't have a house. He chose the inferior position. And when we choose to do this, when we choose to follow Christ, that's what we have to do. We have to come to the realization that it's not about us. We need Jesus. We need the cross. We need God. We are a child totally dependent on Jesus. Because when we become children of God, whether we are children, teens, or adults, we must accept this position. You see, the only greatness, we're the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, the only greatness that is in me, that is in any of you, is Jesus Christ. That's greatness. You know, this reminds me of the words of John the Baptist. Really awesome verse. Uh, It is John 3.30. He must become greater, I must become less. I think that's the key. I think that's what... He is trying to tell us about being a child of God. So who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and how should our relationships be as disciples? We must become less. We must accept the lower status. And we must admit that we are nothing without Jesus Christ. And we must rely on him for everything. Because the great thing... Again, I said this, but one of the great things when we study Jesus and get closer to him is that it renews our minds. It changes our minds. And I believe that if we allow Jesus to transform our lives and we are running after him, it also changes the way that we look at other people. If you get to the spot where you're able to say, I'm nothing without Jesus Christ. All the greatness that is within me is in Jesus Christ. Then why would you ever judge somebody else? Why would you ever look at somebody else as less than you if you know that you're nothing without Jesus? And you know that they are nothing without Jesus and they need Jesus. Changes the way that we look at people. We start, could you imagine if the whole world treated everybody as a child of God? That everybody's dependent on Jesus? That everybody has issues? That everybody has sins? That everybody's going through hard things at home? Everybody's a child of God, dependent 
fully on Jesus. That's how it changes. Changes how you look at people. Changes how you view yourself. You're no longer like, who am I? I don't know who I am. I look at myself in the mirror. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I am. You are a child of God, dependent on Jesus Christ. And I want you to know this morning that that is what you are. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, you are a child of God. Jesus loves you so much. So that's the beginning. And what's really funny is, you know, I had this big idea of what uh, Supernanza was going to be in the theme and the Bible lesson and all those things. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, as, uh, as ministers, you have this idea of like, this is exactly what I want. And then you study and you're like, okay, I was wrong. And it's not about what I want, you know. And so I started researching. I was like, what I was going to say was just not correct. But that was. You know, that's just Jesus telling us who we are. But the second part is, although, although, Matthew 18, it isn't telling us about, like, the character of children. It's telling you, I want, I think that there is something that we can learn from children. If we look at them, how they interact with people, how they are. I think that children can teach us something awesome. And I'm going to share just a little bit of what I have learned from children over the last year. Okay? And I want you to be thinking right now, what do you think of when you think of a child? I know I don't have kids. And that's the first thing that I just need to throw out there. (laughs) I do not take them to endless games. I don't have to wake up with them at 3 a.m. Like, I don't see that side of them, and I just want to say thank you, parents, for everything that you do. My parents, you're going to be watching this. I love you. Thank you for all that you did. I, I, I want to say I do understand that. But I do get the opportunity to teach Kingdom Club about once a month, and I love it. I really do. I absolutely love it. I also get the opportunity every year to help at VBS. I get to be the MC now. Uh, Patrick has handed that role over to me, and I love it. It is just awesome, right? When I think of a child, I think of pure-hearted, honest, faithful, pure, energetic, excited, loyal, and loving. You know, starting off this idea, one of the reasons I love kids is how honest they are, too. You know, when you get a bad haircut, it doesn't look good. Kids are the first one to tell you. (laughs) If my fly was down, they'd be the first one to tell me. If I had a stain on my shirt, y'all would just let me walk around the world like that. We think we're being nice. Really, we're not. That's mean. If you let me walk all day long with my fly down, it's just kind of mean, right? I love how children are full of honesty. And I love it when children give prayer requests. One of my favorite things. They will pray for anything. They are not shy. They will pray for themselves. They will pray for others. You know, even their pets. They want to bring everything to God. Every part of their life. And I believe that we can learn from this. Because the thing about this room, including myself, all of us, 
there's some hard things going on in this room in your life right now, in my life, in all of our lives, that nobody knows. There's addictions that you're suffering from. There's sin. There are just awful situations, hurting, longing, loss, mourning, mental illness. All these things are going on in this room right now in all of our heads. Something that we're all suffering with. And we could walk every day continuing to hurt, continuing to hurt, continuing to hurt. And we won't tell a soul. We won't talk to God about it. We won't bring it up as a prayer request. We'll just continue to hurt and hurt and hurt and try to take care of those things ourselves. Yet when a child's parents get a cold, their pet hurts his leg, or someone is mean to them at school, they will be transparent and talk about it. They will ask for prayers. They will bring all those things to God. Isn't that kind of funny? I think that's something we can learn from kids. It's how to be honest, transparent with each other as a church and with God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think this is how kids approach prayer. I think they're closer than we are as adults. And we've been, some of us have been doing this for a long time. We can do it. We should be like kids should be like children. Because what if we approached our prayer life like a child? I love how children are full of faith. Um, you know, as we get older, it just seems like we are filled more and more with doubt. We try to find the logical answers for the things that we believe. We try to make sure that our faith matches things like political beliefs or our circles or science. We allow our health and our finances, our jobs and our feelings to impact where and why we place our faith there. The older we get, the more complicated our lives become. Because don't you miss how simple everything was when you were a kid? You ever think about that? You ever think, I just wish I could go back one day where I don't have to worry about anything and I can just be a kid again and I can just like frolic around and just be happy, right? We all think about that. And some of y'all are looking at me right now too and you're like, bro, you're 23, it hasn't even started. <laughs> I know, I know, okay, I know. Because the only things that we worried about were being the fastest in the gym, being the best at a sport, scoring the game-winning touchdown, you played scenarios in your head, right? That was me. Uh, you know, one of the things Patrick said was, your popsicle melting too fast? That was one of the things you worried about. You're like, is my, is my popsicle going to melt too fast? You know, what we were going to play that day at recess, if your parents were going to stop at McDonald's on the way home, or they're going to be like, we have food at home. <laughs> you know, those were the things that you worried about. Those were the things that you were concerned about. 
And I just love how simple a child's faith is and how pure it is. It's not complicated. They do not care about little things that we as adults tend to do, like how our communion cup tasted or, you know, the chairs or how well worship was executed or like all these little things. You never hear a child in the car be like, oh, that wasn't whatever. Imagine a child complaining about some of the things that we do as adults. Sometimes we put it on ourselves. We worry too much about little things. We just sometimes worry to worry. We make things complicated to make things complicated. What if we tried to have the mind of a child? We're like, I'm just going to keep things simple. I love Jesus. I believe in Jesus. He died for me. He loves me and everybody in the whole wide world. What if we got back to that? They simply believe in Jesus. They simply believe in a powerful God. And oftentimes there's little to nothing that anyone can say to change their mind about that. They're strong. Imagine if we had the faith of a child. The last thing and probably my favorite point, one of my favorite things, and this has been one of the things I just have loved so much, is I love that children are full of awe and wonder. Uh, I used to work at summer camps, and I used to work with little kids uh, for the week, and this is me at a summer camp I used to work at. And the reason I put this picture up, not because uh, it's probably kind of weird looking at a picture of me speaking while I'm speaking. I, that's, uh, I didn't even think about that. That's kind of weird. But the big point is the crosses in the back. Because one day we were at the camp and the kids uh, were all singing and they were running around. They just got there. And one of the kids in my cabin ran up to me and he said, what is that? What does that mean? You know, it'd be like if somebody saw this big cross in our room and they, they came up to you and they said, what does that mean? Telling him the story of Jesus lit up his eyes, lit up his heart. He was understanding the purpose of life, who created him, who loves him. The reason we are here the thing that is everything to us. That's what was going on inside his mind and in his heart in that moment. It's like full realization. His eyes were wide up. He was like, that's awesome. He's focused, dialed in, not checking his phone. It meant something to him. It's why I loved being a camp counselor. You know, teaching kids a lot of times in Kingdom Club can be like this. Because you tell them stories, and they just, they just love hearing stories. I can remember, you know, laying on the trampoline with my dad growing up, looking up at the stars, and he would just tell me the craziest stories, right? 
And I just would sit there and be like, oh, dad was a kid, you know? Another one of the things uh, Patrick said is, you know, one time they were talking to kids and, you know, they were telling them about, God knows how many hairs are on the top of your head. And they were like, what? <laughs> really? He knows the exact number. Like, that's things that, like, kids look at like, with awe and wonder. And this is awesome. God is real. God is wonderful. God is something. To them, God is this big superhero. He's like Superman. Heaven's literal streets of gold. We're going to be in paradise one day. We're climbing at a beach. God is awesome. God is wonderful. God is big. He's literally holding the world in his hands. These are the things that children think about. It's what they truly believe. They're looking at that stuff like, oh, that's awesome. I miss when I had that much wonder. That much awe when I think of God. Sometimes I think that kids are closer to the true image of God than I am. As an adult, as somebody who has a degree in Bible, somebody who is a youth minister for a living, I think that kids are closer than I am to the true, awe, powerful, wonderful, big God who's holding the whole world in his hands. We have a huge cross in this room every Sunday. Some of you have crosses that you wear, it's necklaces or t-shirts, we see it everywhere, right? And we walk in here, we look at it like it's nothing. Seen it before, see it all the time, doesn't matter. There's no awe, wonder when we look at the cross. When we look at a cross necklace, when we see the image of a cross, there's no awe and wonder. We're just like seeing it before. Say it again. We get to listen to the word of God every Sunday. Sing praises to him. Hear a sermon that Patrick works hard on. We often do not approach these things with any honor or wonder or awe. It's like, I've been doing this for years, man. It's just another part of our week. It's just another thing that we do. There's no awe. There's no wonder. It's like refreshers, right? We get to participate in communion. We get to honor the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every week. The one who allows us to be forgiven. The one who died on the cross for our sins. The one who is prince, king of the world, lord of all, and loves you and knows you by name. Knows me by name. Knows us all by name. Loves us so much. And one of the things that they have, he has asked for us is that we take communion once a week to honor and refresh our minds for what he did. But oftentimes it's like. <laughs> we have access to the living and breathing word of God. And we probably have five or six in our house. Where God can literally speak and talk to us. Every day. 
and it's a cup holder for a glass of water at night. I believe that we should reset our minds and try to go back to the awe and wonder of what God truly is that children have. Listen to the Psalms 95, 3-5. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his and is made and his hands formed the dry land. That's the God we're here to serve today. The God that created the mountains, the seas, Minnesota is the prettiest grass I've ever seen. Beautiful green grass, flowers, animals. When you see a deer walking through the woods and a rabbit, you look at all those things and you think, those things are beautiful and perfect and wonderful. And he decided that the world needed one of you too. You individually. He knows you and he loves you created you the same, same way. He loves you even more. He created you in his image. That's the God that we get to serve. That's the God that we come to church for. That's the God that we read our Bible for. That's the God that we serve others for. That is the God that we get to worship. That is him. Don't you think it would change the way that we do things if we were able to return to that awe and wonderful amazement that that gives us? And I, 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 I know, too, because life is hard. Life is hard, and we have to do a lot of not-so-fun things. We have to go through some not-so-fun experiences and issues and pain and life, you know, taxes, loans, financial issues, marriages, death, and a lot of times death or just whatever it is, life has a way of just sucking that all right out of our lives. But when we wonder as Christians, as all of us here today, when we wonder about how we can be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven or how we can please God better, I think that simple is sometimes better. And we can slow down and we can try to go back to the mind of a child. We have to understand that we do not know it all. And that we are like a total baby reliant on a good, good father. We can be honest with each other as a child is. Being transparent with each other in confession and prayer. We can make faith a simple thing and focus on what matters. We can have wonder and awe and remind each other that the God who created the mountains and the oceans and the sea created you too.
Could you imagine if you told your children that, your friends that, your coworkers that, when they were going through something difficult, when they don't know what to think about themselves? So who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I'll call the praise team up at this time. Let us allow ourselves to be a little more childish. <laughs>